VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. Well, hi, and welcome to Crosstalk here on VCY America for a Friday news roundup. We're thankful that you joined us today, and we trust that uh, you'll be more informed at the end of the program than uh, perhaps uh, where you. what is your starting point for today. Uh, you ever get a feeling like something big is brewing? And that is certainly the feeling as we see so much taking place around the world and within the borders of the United States as well. We'll delve into a number of issues today, but it uh, should really help underscore the importance of uh, understanding that uh, time is short here on this earth. Uh, we see so much sudden death taking place. Uh, some stories, even countries that are seeing just deaths that are just off the charts taking place. Friends, we never know when that last breath is going to be. What matters most is that we know Jesus Christ is our Savior and are prepared for eternity. We are going to look at a number of issues today, and certainly a lot of talk has been going on regarding this uh, Chinese uh, uh, balloon that has uh, been going over the United States. Um, Several stories here from Western Journal On Wednesday afternoon, Billings Logan International Airport was shut down for about two hours around the same time that people noticed an unidentified object in the sky reportedly saw military jets in the area. Aircraft were grounded after federal aviation officials ordered a ground stop, the Billings Gazette reported. Salt Lake City Federal Aviation Administration ordered the shutdown, according to Shane Ketterling, director of aviation at BIL. The white object was later suspected to be a Chinese spy balloon, according to KFBB. The United States government has detected and is tracking a high-altitude surveillance balloon that's over the continental United States right now, said Pentagon spokesman Brigadier General Pat Ryder. He told that to NBC News, we continue to track and monitor it closely. Now, isn't that interesting? We're tracking this, this, this Chinese balloon that's up there. Many are wondering, why did you not take this thing out? If you've been monitoring this thing for days, why did you not take it out? Writers said the U.S. government is, uh, to include NORAD, continues to track and monitor it closely. Instances of this kind of balloon activity have been observed previously over the past several years. Once the balloon was detected, the U.S. government acted immediately to protect against the collection of sensitive information, they report. A senior defense official said the balloon's current flight path does carry it over a number of sensitive sites without providing detail. Our best assessment at the moment is that what, whatever the surveillance payload is on the balloon, that it does not create significant value added over and above what the PRC is likely able to collect through lines, things like satellites in low Earth orbit, the official said. How do they know that, ladies and gentlemen? How do they know that the, what's on this balloon does not have more detailed surveillance equipment? They say, well, they can't gather anything more than what they can already get by satellite. Then why would they send the balloon? If they already have access, why would they send the balloon over? While surveillance balloons like this have crossed into the U.S. several times over the past few years, they report, a distinguishing factor in this instance, according to the official, is how long it has stayed in U.S. airspace. Now, I'm trying to think, how many times over the past few years have we heard about Chinese spy balloons flying over the United States? Hmm? We just have not been hearing that in the news. I don't know why they did what they did. I will say that the past number of times it did not loiter over the continental United States for an extended period of time. It's difficult. It's different, rather, the official says. Well, friends, uh, we go on to report here in regard to this, the uh, stratospheric balloon tracked over the Aleutian Islands through Canada and into Montana. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin initiated a meeting on Wednesday to address the security concern. At the meeting were senior defense and military leaders, including the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley. Another official at the meeting was Commander General Glenn Van Herk of the North American Aerospace Defense Command, as well as other leaders. Due to the risk of debris for the people below, officials decided against taking the balloon out. Now, friends, this had to have a path that was flying over much rural area. What information is this balloon capturing? 
According to a uh, senior defense official, NORAD deployed F-22 Raptors from the Nellis Air Force Base as well as other aircraft, but would not say if the intent was to shoot down the object. Fox News is reporting the People's Republic of China confirmed Friday that the balloon craft floating over the, the northern U.S. is Chinese. The airship is from China. It's a civilian airship used for research, mainly meteorological purposes, a Chinese foreign ministry spokesman confirmed Friday. Can you believe that, folks? You really believe that this balloon flying over sensitive areas of the U.S. is just gathering things from the atmosphere? Oh, what's the temperature up here today above this strategic base in Montana? Affected by the westerlies and with limited self-steering capability, the airship deviated far from its planned course. The spokesperson said China regrets the incident. Many are still wondering, why did the U.S. not take this thing out? What information is it gathering and continues to gather? Newsmax says the Chinese spy balloon over the U.S. has changed course and is now floating eastward, about 60,000 feet above the central part of the country, the Pentagon said Friday, adding that the U.S. rejected China's claims that it was not being used for surveillance. So the U.S. is admitting this is is for surveillance purposes as we continue to watch this thing float from Canada, uh, from the Aleutian Islands to Canada, uh, into Montana, and now into the central part of the United States. Fox News reports Defense Department spokesman uh, Brigadier General Pat Ryder said today that the Chinese surveillance balloon hovering over the U.S. has moved to the central part of the country but declined to get into specifics about its location. He said the North American Aerospace Defense Command is closely monitoring the balloon's location and that it's moving eastward across the United States. The balloon continues to move eastwards, currently over the central or the center of the United States, and we currently assess that the balloon does not present a military or physical threat to people on the ground at this time. Well, I wonder when it's over a large populated area and they've determined that it is a threat, then what? He said it will probably be over the United States for a few days. Unbelievable. What would stop China from doing this again and again and again? Fox News is also reporting that the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, has now postponed his trip to China following the controversy over this Chinese surveillance balloon detected over the northern part of the United States said it is unacceptable that this has occurred. After consultations with our interagency partners as well as with Congress, we've concluded that the conditions are not right at this moment for Secretary Blinken to travel to China, a senior official said. Meanwhile, Mr. Balloon continues to hover over the United States, gathering its information to send back to communist China. When we open the phones later, we'll certainly take your comments on that issue. Epoch Times is reporting that a covert overseas police station run by the Chinese regime in New York has been shuttered following a reported raid by the FBI. The FBI has confirmed that the overseas police station in New York is linked to Fazu has closed, the State Department spokesman said in an email to the Epoch Times. Why was it allowed to open in the first place? Why was it even there in New York City? And, and why are these popping up in places all over the world, and here in the United States. The Daily Signal reporting that the U.S. House of Representatives passed a resolution condemning socialism yesterday with nearly all Republicans and half of the Democrats supporting it. HCON Res 9, we talked about this with Twyla Brace as a res- resolution, denounces the horrors of social- socialism. Um, Folks, the vote was 328 to 86, 14 Democrats voting present, six members, three Republicans, three Democrats not voting. Seventy five percent of our Congress denounced the horror of socialism. One fourth would not cast a yay vote condemning socialism. Shouldn't that give us pause? One fourth of the United States Congress. A passionate speech was given by Representative Maria Avira Salazar of Florida. We have a brief clip and like to uh, share that with you here today on Crosstalk. Every socialist is a dictator in disguise. In Cuba, after 60 years of living the socialist paradise, the average Cuban, 70% of the Cuban eats only once a day. 
The average Cuban makes $23 a month. That is 40 cents a day. And the retirees, the seniors, make $12. Cuba, in 1960, had the highest per capita income in the hemisphere, and it was comparable to Italy. And we know that because there is hungry, hunger, hunger is a very powerful motivator. So today, Cubans throw by the thousands, throw themselves to the sharks in the Straits of Florida, looking for freedom and hoping to get to the district that I represent on this floor. And that's just in this hemisphere. In China, 55 million died. In Cambodia, 1 million. In the USSR, 10 million froze to death in the gulags. Socialists are in the business of power, and it only takes one generation to believe their false promises and lose our freedom. It is a lie that socialism will solve your problems, economic or social. And if it's democratic, socialism is socialism, and socialism is always socialism. We cannot let this evil ideology take hold in this country. We are in the United States, the stronghold of freedom. That is why we must pass this resolution. I yield back the balance of my time. Thank Congresswoman you. Maria Elvira Salazar of Florida. Again, that resolution stated that Congress denounces socialism in all its forms and opposes the implementation of socialist policies in the United States of America. And one-fourth of the U.S. Congress could not vote in support of that resolution. Newsmax.com reporting the Federal Bureau of Investigation searched President Joe Biden's vacation home in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, Wednesday. Found no classified documents there. Found some handwritten notes that they're going to examine. Newsmax is reporting that the FBI should search Hunter Biden's home and Office for Classified Materials, so says Senator Ted Cruz of Texas. Cruz's comments came after classified documents were found at President Joe Biden's Delaware home and at an office previously used by then uh, former vice president. It previously was reported that Hunter Biden lived at the Wilmington House and and uh, is making a case for Hunter Biden's premises to be reviewed. Um, American Military News telling us the FBI is expected to search, expected to search for classified documents in the Indiana home of former Vice President Mike Pence in the coming days. The Wall Street Journal reported, citing anonymous sources familiar with the matter. Pence's legal team scheduling its search, um, uh, scheduling the search with the Justice Department, sources told the journal. And uh, American Military News uh, telling us that a retired Air Force intelligence officer who took hundreds of classified documents home with him is facing the possibility of 10 years in prison as similar probes unfold against multiple top U.S. leaders. And surprise of all surprise, Hunter Biden has now admitted that that infamous laptop, well, indeed, it does belong to him. Hard-hitting strategy for his lawyers uh, representing Hunter Biden sent a flurry of cease-and-desist letters to those who feel they've been persecuting Biden the younger. Uh, Tucker Carlson was threatened with a defamation lawsuit. A complaint was filed with the IRS questioning the nonprofit status of the conservative group Marco Polo. Uh, Biden's legal team contains, uh, uh, maintains that the computer repair shop owner, John Paul Mac Isaac, had no right to access the information on the laptop. Well, folks, we've got more stories, uh, more issues following the break. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, another heavy question. Is it true that some evolutionists actually claim that there's an evolutionary justification for rape? Yes, indeed, Chris. As disgusting and far-fetched as it may sound, evolutionists claim that rape has its basis in evolutionary survival of the fittest. In evolution, the two main goals are survival and reproduction. That organism which can reproduce the most, pass its genes on to the greatest extent, is the one that's most fit. Thus, rape has its justification. If man is an evolved animal, this must be right for us, too. But, Chris, animal behavior should not be the model for human behavior. Humans were created in the image of God and are obliged to abide by His law. His design was one man for one woman for life, and that, back to Genesis truth, is the only one that will work. For more information, visit our website at icr.org. 
I don't know about you, but I'm still having a hard time at trying to figure out why our U.S. military, why this administration continues to allow a spy balloon from communist China to float freely through, the, through our airspace here in the United States. Why would we allow this to continue on as we followed it from the Aleutian Islands to Canada into Montana? No, we don't want to take it out. Some of the debris may fall down on individuals. What information is this balloon gathering? Who is it being sent to and for what purposes? It is not gathering weather information. National Review is reporting that 24 Senate Republicans have signed a letter to President Biden saying that they will not support a debt ceiling increase without spending cuts. Our nation's fiscal policy is a disaster, reads the letter by Senators Mike Lee of Utah, Ted Budd of North Carolina, our country owes $31 trillion, a level of debt that now well exceeds the size of our economy. Inflation is making life more expensive for American families every single day. The senators also say, meanwhile, your administration is directing federal agencies to continue to spend billions in taxpayer resources, expanding the size and scope of the IRS to go after families and small businesses, policing the speech of Americans on social media, funding equity programs in the military, and pouring money into programs for a pandemic that your administration has declared over. We do not intend to vote for a debt ceiling increase without structural reforms to address current and future fiscal realities and manage out-of-control government policies, the letter concludes. Well, it appears that Kevin McCarthy already made a promise, well, we're not going to let that, that uh, you know, the debt ceiling aspect uh, cause us to default our loans and uh, seems to have caved on on uh, demanding change. We'll see how that is going to play out. But if he's already said we're not going to let that happen, uh, where is his negotiating power at this time? CNSNews.com reporting when speaking at a Democratic National Committee fundraiser in New York on Tuesday, President Joe Biden falsely claimed that his administration had cut the federal debt by $1.7 trillion during his first two years in office. In fact, according to the U.S. Treasury, during Biden's first two years in office, January 20th, 2021 through January 20th, 2023, the federal debt increased by approximately $3.7 trillion. Where is the media with their, their headline stories, uh, you know, talking about how can he say the debt was reduced by $1.7 trillion during the first two years in office when it's risen by $3.7 trillion? Just the News was reporting the Federal Reserve Wednesday raised interest rates by 25 basis points, issuing a 0.25% hike in line with earlier expectations and a move that signals a rate slowdown in the Fed's fight against inflation. The Fed said in a statement that its Federal Open Market Committee anticipates that ongoing increases in the target range will still be necessary in order to attain a stance of monetary policy that's sufficiently restrictive to return inflation to 2% over time, a sign that the central bank will be looking to move rate hikes in the near future. Newsmax.com reporting the IRS looking into any transaction of $600 or more starting with your 2022 tax return. The IRS cash grab will zero in on Venmo, PayPal, Etsy, Airbnb, Facebook Marketplace, and other popular payment services and hit taxpayers like a truck, according to CPA and tax attorney Bruce Willey, the New York Post reports. Fantasy sports is one area ripe for the IRS picking, maintain Willey and other tax experts. President Biden signed the new code change into law March of 21, now requiring TPSOs to send 1099K forms to the IRS and users if they meet this lower threshold criteria. While sports betting is already included in the IRS tax code, the new rule will require sports betting applications like FanDuel and DraftKings that use any of these popular payment systems to comply. That means that millions of Americans who casually bet on sports or who use payment systems even to pay for common everyday items such as a child's college room and board or or to split a dinner tab will be swept into the expanded IRS reporting system. Western Journal reporting that House Republicans moving along two tracks to put pressure on Homeland Security Mayorkas as investigators into border security begin amid new calls for his impeachment. On Tuesday, Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona announced on Fox News show Tucker Carlson tonight that he'll bring impeachment proceedings against Mayorkas that following morning on Wednesday. 
Biggs said Congress has given the constitutional responsibility to remove somebody from office, a public official from office who's causing public harm and violating the public trust. By the way, the Department of Homeland Security no longer attempting to prevent two chief patrol agents from testifying at an upcoming House Oversight and Accountability Committee hearing about the ongoing crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border. In a press release, Committee Chairman James Comer said the DHS secretary backed down after Comer threatened to use the compulsory process at hearing set to take place February the 7th. The Center Square is reporting that, uh, yeah, the Republican lawmakers in Wyoming advancing legislation that would appropriate more than $5 million toward border security efforts in Texas, Arizona, and in Florida. The federal government's not going to protect the people. States are stepping up to do just that. You see what's going on in Rhode Island? PJ Media reporting of a Rhode Island uh, school encouraging teachers to donate money to help pay off a cartel coyote who brought one of the students to the U.S. That's according to leaked emails. Emails shared to to Twitter on Friday showed Mount Pleasant High School assistant principal uh, Stephanie Harvey asking her colleagues to give money to help an unnamed student pay off a 5,000 debt to the cartel member. Amazing. Saying we have a student who came to America with coyote, uh, which is a group that helps people, Harvey wrote in the email. The group gives you a time frame to make a payment of $5,000 to those who bring them to the states. A public school using a fundraiser for human smugglers? Shouldn't that ring alarm bells? Just the news telling us Hayes County, Texas resident Brandon Dunhayes lost his son to illicit fentanyl poisoning last year. His son and two other teen boys from the same rural county died of fentanyl overdoses less than 60 days apart. He testified Wednesday before the House Judiciary Committee. He is the co-founder of the Forever 15 Project, a nonprofit that he and his wife founded after their son Noah died last August. A high school sophomore, Noah was murdered by a drug dealer selling counterfeit Percocet pills. The pill, the pill contained no Percocet. Instead, it contained eight milligrams of fentanyl, he said. Two milligrams is considered a lethal dose. Shortly after, Chip Roy, who sits on the committee, worked with uh, uh, the Born ISD to produce a public service announcement warning parents and students about the dangers of illicit fentanyl. He and others warned, one pill kills. On the immigration issue, the Epic Times is also telling us that the Vermont Supreme Court ruled in late January that the city of Montpelier did not violate the state constitution by allowing foreign nationals to vote in municipal elections. The lawsuit stemmed from a 2018 amendment to Montpelier's charter that permits non-citizen voters to register to vote in Montpelier city elections. The amendment was placed on that year's general election ballot and approved by voters. Vermont Governor Phil Scott, a Republican, vetoed the General Assembly's authorization of the changes in June of 21, only to have his veto overridden. Breitbart is reporting that the sanctuary state of California has issued driver's licenses to more than a million illegal aliens since 2015 when a law was enacted to remove the state's legal resident uh, requirement uh, figures there, or uh, requirements, I should say. The data uh, published by Cal Matters shows that nearly four in ten illegal aliens across California have obtained a driver's license to legally operate a motor vehicle since the law took effect in 2015. Yahoo News telling us that Vice President Kamala Harris spoke at the funeral of Tyree Nichols, the 29-year-old black man who died three days after being beaten by Memphis police officers during a traffic stop. Harris said that the violent act by police, which was captured on video, was not in pursuit of public safety, saying that uh, she also called for the passage of the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, saying we should not delay and we will not be denied. It is non-negotiable. Western Journal telling us a Georgia police officer who died on duty is being remembered by his community for a line of service that ended too soon. Officer Clarence C.J. Williams died Saturday while chasing a suspect after a traffic stop. The Cairo Police Department said Williams had suffered a medical episode. Uh, Let's see. Also, um, we find that the Biden administration will supply Ukraine with longer-range artillery and ammunition, reports Yahoo, as part of a new $2 billion package of military assistance 
assistance, that is, a person familiar with the matter said Tuesday night. Lithuania is also urging countries to cross the red line, send military planes and long-range missiles, saying it's vital to act without delay because of the turning point is about to happen. Isn't that interesting? The turning point is about to happen. Just the news reporting that uh, Joe Biden on Monday indicated that the U.S. would not provide F-16 fighter jets to Ukraine. Uh, He uh, responded no to reporters. And American military news telling us that he did announce that the U.S. would uh, supply Ukraine with 31 M1A2 Abrams tanks. However, the Pentagon cautioned that filling this order will take time because the U.S. doesn't have the specified tanks available in military stockpiles, and so we're going to have to buy new ones. LifeSiteNews.com telling us that uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's government said it will be giving some of its battle tanks to Ukraine, despite the fact that Canada's own military aging equipment and is woefully underfunded compared to some of its allies. Okay, Axios is reporting Russia violating the terms of the New START nuclear arms treaty um, by refusing to allow on-site inspections, the State Department said on Tuesday. It's the first time that the U.S. has accused Russia of breaching the terms of the agreement. Western Journal telling us a top Air Force general urging his command to be ready for war with China in 2025. In a memo to his staff, which was leaked, four-star General Mike Minahan, who leads the Air Mobility Command, said, quote, I hope I am wrong. My gut tells me we will fight in 2025. Air Mobility Command, responsible for the transportation and refueling of Air Force assets. Xi Jinping secured his third term and set up his war council on October 2022. He said, or rather he wrote, Taiwan's presidential elections are in 2024 and will offer Xi a reason. U.S. presidential elections are in 2024 and will offer Xi a distracted America. And Xi's team, reason and opportunity are all aligned for 2025, he wrote. Okay, uh, this troubling news. Uh, uh, Todd Starnes is reporting this. For the first time in American history, legislation has been introduced that would make it a crime to invite a child to a Bible study or church youth group. Far-left Nebraska State Senator Megan Hunt put forth a radical amendment as a reaction to Republicans wanting to protect children from all-ages drag shows. Hunt's amendment would ban minors from attending religious indoctrination camp, defined as camp, vacation Bible study, retreat, lock-in, or convention held by a church, youth group, or religious organization for the purpose of indoctrinating children with a specific set of religious beliefs. The jurisdiction for the ban, according to Hunt's legislation, is a, quote, a well-documented history of indoctrination and sexual abuse perpetrated by religious leaders and clergy people upon children. Very interesting. Talking about the criminalization of Christianity. Friends, we're going to take a quick break here on Crosstalk and come back. I've got several more stories I really would like to get out to you today. So stay with us, and Lord willing, we'll have some time at the very uh, near the end of the program to open some phone lines. So form your comments uh, quickly and concisely uh, for that particular time. This is Crosstalk coming your way from the VCY American Network. In Matthew chapters 24 and 25, Jesus gave his disciples a profound, detailed description of what would happen prior to his second coming. He then urged them to watch, because you do not know what hour your Lord will come. So what are we to watch for? In the book, Foreshadows, author Steve Miller explores 12 major trends that point toward the return of Christ. He writes about trends toward a one-world government the struggle to build a united European empire, the spread of all invasive technology and surveillance, the progression to a one-world economy, and the proliferation of deception and more. Foreshadows will open your eyes to recognize the signs pointing to the end times while inspiring you to take hope in the knowledge God holds our world firmly in His control. The book Foreshadows is available for a donation of $12 or more by calling one 800 729 9829. 
A news round update here on Crosstalk. We thank you for tuning in and uh, staying informed on so many critical issues. We talked about, uh, yeah, the Nebraska legislator who was trying to uh, uh, forbid, you know, the invitations to uh, vacation Bible schools and church youth group events. Uh, the Washington Stand is reporting uh, this past Wednesday in Washington, D.C., hundreds of people made their way to the Museum of the Bible for a unique event, the National Gathering of Prayer and Repentance. Before dawn had even broken across the city, almost 60 speakers from different nations, organizations, political districts, and backgrounds responded to the call to humble themselves and seek God's face. Tony Perkins from Family Research Council said, it's something you won't see on MSNBC, CNN, or even Fox, that as members of Congress who are praying and crying out to God, know that God is answering your prayers, America. Perkins urged by raising up leaders who love him and fear him. And uh, involved were Speaker uh, Kevin McCarthy, House Majority Leader Steve Scalise, 16 Republicans from around the country, uh, took turns confessing sin and asking God for God's wisdom in the days ahead. The Epoch Times reporting that uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, now one of the top two Democrats in the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability, selected January 30th to serve as the panel's new vice-ranking member. She will be second in power to ranking member Jamie Raskin among the Democrat members. Well, she also took to the floor, uh, very troubled about her radical squad member uh, regarding uh, Ilhan Omer, who was voted off the Foreign Affairs Committee over anti-Semitic comments. Uh, Omar was ousted with 218 Republicans voting to strip her of the assignment. 211 Democrats backed her. Uh, One Republican voted present, that was David Joyce of Ohio. AOC slammed her notebook on the podium Thursday defending Omar. Here is just uh, from her speech from the floor. Thank you. Now... As also, as a fellow New Yorker, I think one of the things that we should talk about here is also one of the disgusting legacies after 9-11 has been the targeting and racism against Muslim Americans throughout the United States of America. And this is an extension of that legacy. Consistency, there is nothing consistent with the Republican Party's continued attack except for the racism and incitement of violence against women of color in this body. I had a member of the Republican caucus threaten my life, and you all and the Republican caucus rewarded him with one of the most prestigious committee assignments in this Congress. Don't tell me this is about consistency. Don't tell me that this is about an abdi- a condemnation of anti-Semitic remarks when you have a member of the Republican caucus who, have, who has talked about Jewish space lasers and an, an entire amount of tropes and also elevated her to some of the highest committee assignments in this body. This is about targeting women of color in the, in the United States of America. Don't tell me because I didn't get a single apology when my life was threatened. Thank you. Yeah, she signed her book on the podium as she was finishing there, uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Western Journal is reporting as Democrats uh, face the removal from their committee assignments in the House of Representatives, two Republican senators were losing their committee seats at the behest of their own party leadership. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell moving against two of his Republican critics, The Republican Senate leader removed Senator Rick Scott of Florida and Mike Lee of Utah from the Senate Commerce Committee Wednesday, according to Fox News. Both senators are among uh, McConnell's critics in the Senate Republican Caucus. Scott chalked up McConnell's move as an act of political retribution. He didn't like that I opposed him because I believe we have to have ideas, fight over ideas, and so he took Mike Lee and I off the committee. Scott challenged McConnell for the position of minority leader after the Republicans failed to secure a red wave victory in the 2022 midterms, contrary to expectations. WND.com, very interesting story here. Uh, In a scheme that does more than border on the bizarre and certainly falls within the category of gruesome, lawmakers in one state are proposing to allow inmates to leave prison early if they donate organs or bone marrow. That's uh, despite the fact that the plan likely is illegal under federal law. But CBS Boston confirms a legislative plan on Beacon Hill would let inmates leave from 60 days to a year early on the condition that the incarcerated individual has donated bone marrow or organs. The plan is by Democrats Judith Garcia and Carlos Gonzalez. 
While the promoters say it would restore bodily autonomy to incarcerated folks, there are others who have concerns, the report says. Matt Staver from Liberty Council says yesterday the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals has ruled that the Tampa ordinance that prohibited licensed counselors from providing voluntary talk therapy to minors seeking help to reduce or eliminate their unwanted same-sex attractions, behaviors, or identity is unconstitutional under the First Amendment. This was Vaso versus City of Tampa. And um, today's ruling is based on Liberty Council's earlier victory in Otto versus City of Boca Raton in which the 11th Circuit previously ruled that similar bans preventing counselors from helping their clients in Palm Beach County and the city of Boca Raton were also unconstitutional viewpoint restrictions on speech under the First Amendment. This is those who are banning what they call conversion therapy, and here we have an appeals court striking it down. Okay, LifeSiteNews.com is reporting that the uh, Joe Biden administration continues to work to promote the LGBT agenda, this time by relaxing the minimal restrictions on sexually active homosexual men from donating blood. The draft FDA rules would do away with the blanket three-month abstinence requirement for a homosexual man to donate blood. President Barack Obama administration lifted a lifetime prohibition in 2014, putting it down to a year. President Donald Trump's administration shortened the one year to three months. And now Joe Biden taking that uh, three-month, relaxing that rule completely. Okay, the Federalist uh, Federalist is reporting that two studies that formed the foundation of the transgender industry in the U.S. should never have been accepted by the professional community. Two Dutch studies touting the great success of gender-affirming medical intervention on youth have been deemed bad research by experts at the Society for Evidence-Based Gender Medicine. In the report, The Myth of Reliable Research in Pediatric Gender Medicine, published earlier this month, researchers describe how the 2011 and 2014 studies that formed the foundation of the transgender industry in the U.S. should never have been accepted by the professing community failing, uh, rather falling unacceptably short of modern research standards. The studies led to global movement of wrongly named gender-affirming care, resulting in hormone er experimentation on youth and, in some cases, irreversible mutilations. Very interesting. The American College of Pediatricians has responded to this report in a press release calling on organizations to reconsider current protocols for gender dysphoric children. Utah has banned sex change surgery for minors and uh, does more there. Senate Bill number 16 in Utah. Uh, here from LifeSiteNews.com, Wisconsin School District to devote a week to pushing the LGBT dogma on kids as young as five years old. It is the same Wisconsin School District currently under fire for multiple pro-LGBT scandals, holding a week-long session to inculcate elementary school students with gender ideology using material from a radical LGBT activist group. The Daily Caller reports that it has obtained an email detailing Madison Metropolitan School District's plans to spend a week teaching students to understand the difference between gender, sexual orientation, and sex assigned at birth. Students are not being asked to share their specific identities for each of these uh, components, rather just acknowledge that they exist and are different in how to show respect for all identities. The material comes from the left-wing Human Rights Campaign's Welcoming Schools training program. The Daily Caller reporting that two Florida communities sponsored a family-friendly pride festival that featured a drag queen event a kids' zone, and a banned book nook, according to the event website. Hollywood, Florida, and Broward County, Florida, helped put on the Welcome Home My Hollywood Pride event January 29th, according to the event website. The so-called family-friendly event included a teen zone that put on a drag queen question and answer session, and in the kids' zone, a banned book nook featuring challenge books hosted by the Broward County Hollywood Library and Safe School South Florida, a group working to empower LGBT students in schools. Let's see. Also, Fox News is reporting in Arizona, pro-parent school board member who was recently elected into office leaked and alerted parents to a radical science curriculum that is currently being considered in the Peoria Unified School District. Uh, this is a, a proposed textbook that would be used in the district's high school, uh, saying that it was alarmed that the science curriculum discounted the reality of biological sex. 
get real. Let's follow the science, okay? My Christian Daily reporting a Christian mother whose four-year-old son was required to take part in the school's LGBT pride parade against his her will is to have her legal case heard in court this week. Uh, that was uh, the story came out earlier this week. This is Izzy Montague uh, made national headlines after being aggressively told by the head teacher of the uh, primary school in Croydon, South London, that her son could not opt out of the pride event despite the church, uh, the family's Christian beliefs. Uh, supported by the Canadian, uh, I'm sorry, the Christian Legal Center, Mrs. Montague uh, launched legal action against the school on the grounds of direct and indirect discrimination, victimization, and breach of statutory duty under the Education Act of 96 and the Human Rights Act of 98. According to Christian Concern, the case is the first time that a U.K. court will scrutinize the legality of imposing LGBT doctrine uh, and the ideology on primary schools. Friends, there's a lot going on here. By the way, LifeSiteNews.com telling us that Satanists are planning to open a New Mexico abortuary named after Justice Alito's mother. Self-professed Satanists are reportedly planning to open an abortion facility disgustingly named after pro-life U.S. Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito's mother. Alito wrote the opinion in the Dobbs case that rolled back uh, the uh, Roe v. Wade. According to the Satanic Temple, however, that life-saving Supreme Court decision might never have happened if Alito's mother had just had the opportunity to murder her son in the womb. According to Wednesday's report by Fox News, the Satanist baby-killing facility will be named the Samuel Alito's Mom Satanic Abortion Clinic. By the way, I've been following the case of Mark Houck. Uh, the um, this is the uh, sidewalk counselor, father of seven, who was subjected to an FBI raid and and uh, charged with two felonies for for pushing an abortion escort who attorneys say had been harassing his 12 year old son. Well, they delivered their verdict Monday, finding him not guilty on both charges. And uh, we understand that uh, Mark Houck now announces that he will be suing the FBI and the DOJ in wake of this acquittal. Minnesota legislature passed the bill to legalize abortion up to birth and passed by one vote. Minnesota Senate passed the bill to enshrine in Minnesota law a right to abortion without limits at any time during pregnancy. They approved the bill by just one vote, 34 to 33, with Governor Tim Walls signing it into law. And what's happening on school campuses around the country, university campuses, putting in... uh, Plan B vending machines making the abortion drug accessible to students. Friends, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and I've got more stories, but I'd like to leave that final segment of time for you to call in and share your thoughts, uh, whether it be on the Chinese spy balloon going across the U.S. or any of these issues that we've talked about here today or some current event that's happening in your neck of the woods. Our number to cross talk, 800-733-9829. Time is short, so get on board right away, 1-800-733-9829. We'll be back in just one minute. This is Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Last week on my radio show, I did a monologue in which I took the founding fathers and early presidents of the United States on a tour of Washington, D.C. They were stunned at all the humongous buildings. They asked, what are these buildings for? Who works in these buildings? I explained to them the Department of Education. They were stunned that we had turned the education of our children over to a central government that today includes cultural Marxism and LGBTQI agenda. They were stunned. Then I showed them the Eternal Revenue Service. They couldn't believe we had a standing IRS that taxed people, well, during a time of non-war, and that it was based on a progressive system that penalized workers and achievers. They were further shocked by HUD, Housing and Urban Development, to think that the bounds of government had gone to private housing in the states. They wondered why the states had not rebelled and instituted their 10th Amendment vigorously. They were appalled at what Washington had become and the people being enslaved. I'm Brandon House.
This is Crosstalk on VCY America. By the way, did you know the Biden administration is considering declaring a public health emergency on abortion? They're considering it right now uh, due to the lack of abortion access in some states. A public health emergency. Truly, truly alarming. Let's go to the phone lines here today on Crosstalk. We're going to begin with Mark in Monroe, Wisconsin. You're on the air. Yeah, um, in my opinion, um, you can't let a buffoon uh, defuse the uh, balloon. Um, uh, Joe Biden has always been, in my opinion, unpresidential. He's incompetent, especially uh, when it comes uh, in regard to commander-in-chief. And even worse than that, again, this is my opinion, but... um, I think uh, I think he sold out to China. Okay, thanks for your thoughts here today, Brad in West Dallas. You're on the air, hey, brother Jim. Uh, concerning the balloon, uh, we know that the red Chinese are have their hands all over COVID, and they know they're trying to, you know, send diseases over here on a regular basis. So, why would we? actually try to blow this thing up. We don't know what might be in it. I mean, it could be a dirty bomb. It could be a dread disease, whatever. You know. On the other hand, uh, I don't know how much intelligence they're going to gather from this balloon. I mean, they've got satellites. They've got the entire Democrat Party that uh, tells them everything they want to know, and some of the Republicans, too. So uh, it might be best just to usher it out if there is a way to do that or just let the wind blow it away or i don't know if it's you know got a lot of power to direct itself against high winds or anything but i wouldn't uh, blow it up because who knows what's it what it's carrying okay thanks for your thoughts on it brad gary is next northern wisconsin you're on the air all right yeah maybe uh this one or the next one will have an emp bomb in hmm. okay Mary in, uh, let's see, Wales, you're on the air. Oh, hi, Jim. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I had somewhat the same idea. I was thinking that perhaps um, there could be a biological weapon in this, but at the same time, if we allow it to come across our country like this, they could, uh, it could be, um, you know, sent down on us at some point. That could be the plan. And what, why would we just wait for that to happen? as well as the fact that they're talking about, well, they're gathering evidence. They, they, they could be gathering evidence, but who's to say that they're not sending all the evidence back as they gather it? Mm-hmm. So either way, I think it has to go, you know, and they're certainly, they certainly would be able to order China to get it out of there. Okay. If, they are, if it is, they are manning this thing, I mean, if they're able to make it come to our country to begin with, I think they have control over it. Thanks for your thoughts, Mary. Let's go to David in Hillsborough, Illinois. You're on the air. Yeah, I was. <laughs> hi, Jim. I was going to comment about the possibility of an EMP device, or somebody else said biological weapon, anything they could trigger and drop. Uh, but the other thing is, my wife said, um, why are they so concerned about blowing up the balloon and maybe uh, injuring people on the ground when um, the government sponsored these uh, vaccin- so-called vaccinations that have mm-hmm. killed over a million people, and they've sponsored uh, the homicide against infants that have killed over 64 million. So why are we so concerned about a little, a little uh, junk falling out of the sky? Thank you, David, for your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, good to hear from around the country on this. Uh, Diane is next. Glendale, Arizona, you're on the air. Hi, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. My comment is on January 10th, we supposedly joined the North American Union and that maybe Canada has allowed Russia to come, or China, excuse me, come with the balloon across and come through. And my comment is over Montana, they had those nine soldiers that got sick with leukemia and the one died recently. And maybe they were picking up all kinds of... um, data to see what it was that killed those guys and did their effect work. You see, there's so many angles to this whole thing. So my prayer is for America, for you and everybody, that we can get the truth out. Thank you so much. And I think there has been a compromise with China. So thank you so much. I don't think we should blow it up. Okay, thank you. Let's go to Julie in Pensacola. You're on the air. Uh, yes, it's about the balloon that our president right now has his head in the sand over this, and he's ignoring the fact that uh, 
that the Chinese are spying on us, and this is grounds for war. Really, it is. And he's not doing anything about it. He's allowing this to happen. So there, it just tells me that he's in cahoots with China. And I think even with Zelensky on the other side. But um, if Trump was in office, none of this would be happening. And I know some people don't like him, but he did a really good job at running this country. Okay. Thank you for your thoughts today. The number 800-733-9829. Atlanta, Georgia. Leroy, you're on the air. Hey, Tim. Yeah, I wanted to share some details about the top police training center that was built here or is being built. There was a protest, and one of the protesters was killed. And from reports, they say that an officer was shot by this protester. There are no details given about the condition of the officer, which is strange. But here's the weekend hypocrisy that (laughs) we're experiencing. The Protesters are being charged with domestic terrorism. Now, ACLU and some other organizations are coming out against this, but they didn't do that for January 6th, did they? Hmm. Some will say that January 6th participants have been able to plead down to a lesser charge, but that's after they've been in solitary confinement. But here's the thing. The DA who is charging these people with domestic terrorism is a Democrat, Fannie Willis. She is also trying to prosecute Donald Trump for uh, asking for 11,000 votes to be found. While the Democratic DA in DeKalb County, where this place is being built, who is a Democrat also, is recusing herself. Well, thank you. Thank you, Leroy. Uh, I know there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, Bonnie in Two Harbors, Minnesota, you're on the air. Hi, Jim. I am calling about the balloon also, um, and I think it's interesting that our government, our president, um, has totally given away all of our borders, not only our land borders, but our sea borders, and now our airspace borders. Hmm. I mean, we used to have airspace that nobody was allowed to go over, and now this balloon is going over. The other thing I'd like to mention is that the United States of America has been making big balloons like this, and in nineteen in 2019, they had balloons that were transparent. Thank you for that. I wish I could hear more, but our closing music is playing right now, and we've just plain run out of time. Friends, troubling times in which we live. Thanks so much for tuning in to Crosstalk. I trust this Lord's Day you'll be in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching local church. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.